Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Monday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and I'm excited to be here. It was a great weekend in Iowa Hawkeye Nation. The men's basketball team getting a thrilling win over Ohio State, taking care of business on the road for a much-needed quad one victory. The women's basketball team also going on the road to Indiana, taking down a top-five ranked team. And the men's baseball team is giving us something to be very excited about this summer. That's all coming up on today's show. But first, I want to thank you all for making the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcasts at and also on YouTube by searching Locked On Hawkeyes. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline.net, where the game starts. So first, let's kick it off with this men's basketball team taking care of business against Ohio State. It was a win they desperately needed, and they showed me quite a few things in this game that get me very excited about March Madness. So we're going to talk about all that, but before we get to that, the recap of the game, okay? Iowa wins 75-62. to They were down early in the first half after a few minutes. Um, they were down 11, actually, after six minutes. But Keegan Murray, as he has done throughout this season, put the team on his back, scored the next 10 Iowa points, had 20 points by the end of the first half, and he cut the lead to one, which is two minutes after that break of that six minutes where they were down 11. So within two minutes, Iowa back in that game. At the end of the half, Iowa up by a point. So Iowa really getting things together in that last 10 minutes of that first half and carrying that on throughout the second half. Big thing, they played outstanding defense. They had a really good game plan on EJ Liddell, doing a great job of switching on him, uh, making sure that whenever he touched the ball, he had several Hawkeyes in his face, right? He was never getting the ball, having a clear look, having a good opportunity to basket. Iowa doing a fantastic job. I thought the Murray brothers did a great job of switching on him as well and making sure if he did get to the basket if any ohio state person did get to the basket that iowa was putting their hands up keeping their strong base and then attacking the boards every single time with multiple people it was truly an impressive effort by the iowa hawkeyes men's basketball team in this game to the point where they had a 13 point lead with just under five minutes left after a keegan and chris murray back-to-back dunks on the road Versus a team that hasn't lost a single game on the road. This is Iowa's first quad one victory, and it was absolutely a huge one. In this game, Iowa shot 49% from the field, 29% from three. Ohio State shot 55% from the field and 18% from three. So, again, you can see Iowa's defense doing a good job, especially on the perimeter against the Ohio State team that is one of the best three-point shooting teams in the nation. So, again, as I mentioned earlier, this gives me a lot of excitement, right, for Iowa and their NCAA tournament hopes this is a team that if they're playing well if they're doing the little things if they're aggressively attacking every single possession like it's their last one if they're playing desperate like they did in this game they have a chance to go far and that leads me into my takeaways one of the things i noticed against iowa versus michigan i felt like every time there was a a 50 50 play michigan came down with it now part of that i attribute to luck right it's just gonna happen sometimes but I think Michigan wanted it more in that game. They were playing for their season. 
They needed a victory like that. And Iowa came out against Ohio State and played that exact same way. Like they absolutely needed it. Their lives depended on it. The season depended on it. And in those 50-50 situations, Iowa came up with the ball. There were several times where Ohio State had a decent position, but Iowa managed to get the rebound, especially one of those last possessions where Connor McCaffrey ultimately drained the three after Iowa reset the shot clock three times due to hustle and willingness to get the ball with, with, that, with any, anything they could do, right? So it was very impressive by the Iowa Hawkeyes on that half. The boards, this has been true throughout the season. Iowa, at times, has struggled on the glass. Now, I want to make it very clear that Ohio State is not a very big team, right? Michigan has a lot of size. They have an advantage there with Hunter Dickinson and their phenom, or their uh, top 50 freshman, who is 6'11", drawing a blank on his name, Batabi or something like that. Ohio State's not a big team, right? EJ Liddell is their big man. He's 6'8". So it gives Iowa a little bit of a, an even keel there, right? There's not an advantage on either side, but Iowa outworks them. And they won the rebounding battle, 20 to 19 defensive rebounds, 20 to 12 in offensive rebounds. And it shows the fact that Iowa was able to come away with a big time win, a double digit win over Ohio State on the road. And again, the biggest thing with rebounding is it extends possessions, especially, well, obviously on the offense side, it extends the possession for that team, right? It put Ohio State in a really big bind late in the game. Iowa was essentially able to run out two to three minutes of the last five minutes of clock because they were able to extend possessions because of their offensive rebounding, because they were attacking the glass. And ultimately, when you give a team two, three, four opportunities in one possession, they're going to capitalize at some point. And that's exactly what Connor McCaffrey did with his three-pointer. Three Such a huge shot for Connor McCaffrey. Speaking of, Connor McCaffrey played a heck of a game. Not only was that three-pointer huge, but look at the advanced analytics. He had an offensive rating of 259, okay? 100 is average. Keegan Murray is usually between 130 to 145 in a good game. Connor McCaffrey, 259. Again, when people look at Connor McCaffrey and look at just purely the stat sheet, there's not going to be a lot that shows up. In this game, three points, three rebounds, two assists in the 21 minutes. But he is such an instrumental piece of this team. And he is able to do a lot of things that don't show up on the stat sheet. So for those of you out here who are, who are upset constantly at Connor McCaffrey, understand that he understands the game better than anyone else on the court at any given time, right? He is a coach on the court for this Iowa basketball team. And he's going to be a key reason why this team has an opportunity to go deep into the NCAA tournament. We have a few more points, including the fact that the Big Ten has a big, big problem on their hands. We're going to be covering that here in a few short moments. But first, I want to remind you all that BetOnline.net is where you need to be at for all of your betting needs. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. It's my personal go-to, and I wouldn't recommend it to you if I didn't believe in it. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, hockey, boxing, and UFC. It also had all this Olympic coverage as well. So you can see any sport you want, you can get it at BetOnline.net. So head over to that website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action that you can bet on at any given time at BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net, where the game starts. 
All right, y'all, thank you again for making the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcasts at and also on YouTube by searching Locked On Hawkeyes. Coming up on segment three, we're going to talk about why this men's baseball team is in a very good spot after two freshmen had phenomenal performances. We could be looking at a college World Series run. But first, as I mentioned, the Big Ten has a big problem on its hand, and that is the officiating. Again, I'm not complaining about the officiating purely against Iowa. It is just bad all around. Iowa does get the shaft a few times. Don't get me wrong here. Iowa has gotten screwed more than their fair share of times this season, including in this game against Ohio State. But overall, the Big Ten is bad. They have a very big problem on their hands with officiating. But the thing that stood out to me in this game was the fact that Chris Holtman had a mental breakdown on the court, lost his mind on the refs, doesn't get teed up. And this is all over in a, a very appropriate shooting foul that was called against Ohio State on Jordan Bohannon as he went up for a three. And then all of a sudden, the next three, four possessions, Iowa gets called on ticky-tack fouls. You cannot let a coach dictate the game like that, especially on something like that. You've seen Fran McCaffrey lose his marbles, right? He gets upset. He's usually trying to make a point, right? We saw it happen against Utah State. He was very frustrated by the, the charging and blocking calls, and he got some of those calls going in the right direction to help out Iowa. So I understand it from a coaching perspective. It's definitely worthwhile, especially if the referees are going to be manipulated like that. But in this situation, you hit Jordan Bohannon's arm as he goes up. That's a foul. Now, you can't go down and just start calling random fouls as you see fit every single time down the court, especially if you haven't done it the entire game. And it's not just this game. It's all games, right? You look at any Big Ten game, I bet you are going to see pretty poor officiating. This is a problem. It's been a problem. It's bad when you can see referees like Bo Borowski, and you know it's going to be a bad game from an officiating perspective. It's ruining things. It's absolutely ruining things, and it's frustrating. Let's get some more positive stuff, though. I thought one of the most impressive things about the Iowa Hawkeyes was the fact that it looked like they had another gear, that desperation gear, that gear that said, we are not going to lose this game. There is nothing you can do to stop us. And that was a similar gear I saw in that loss to Tennessee back a couple years ago. Now, I know they ultimately lost to Tennessee, but they would not be shut down. They refused. They refused to give up, and I loved seeing that on less than two days rest, going on the road in a situation where no one was giving Iowa a chance. They come in, they make a statement, and now people are looking at Iowa like, oh, crap, we don't want to play this team no more. We don't want to play a team that only needs Keegan Murray to score four points in the second half and builds a bigger lead on a top 25-ranked Ohio State squad, which is what Iowa did. We don't want a team that comes in and – can force turnovers like nobody's business, that can play that half-court trap game like nobody's business, that has not one Murray brother, but two Murray brothers, all right? A team that has a lethal three-point shooter, the best three-point shooter in the history of the Big Ten. You don't want to play a team like that, a team like that that's clicking, a team like that is starting to figure it out. Now, we saw against Michigan, they struggled. And I'm not here to say Iowa is ready to make the run, right? They're not an NCAA Final Four contender yet. I want to see them do it against Michigan State. I want to see them bounce back and get a win over Michigan State as well. We have not seen them be able to put those things together against quality teams. Now, Michigan State has struggled down the stretch. So this is a really good opportunity for Iowa to get a win at Michigan State and a win at Nebraska before getting a tough end-of-season games uh, versus Michigan and Illinois. They also have Northwestern in there as well. 
they need to take care of business against Michigan State. We've seen them in the past come off, coming off a big win like they did against Ohio State, come out sluggish and slow against a team like Michigan State at home. Can they keep putting it in another gear? Can they keep that gear going and keep and ride the momentum going into March? It'll be interesting. But I was very impressed by this team. Also very impressed by Fran McCaffrey. He was willing to go to his bench early, partly because of foul trouble, but partly because ineffectiveness. PMAC was struggling early as the shots, only got 19 minutes of play. Philip Abracho only had 16 minutes of play because of foul trouble. Tony Perkins got into foul trouble early in the first half, only played 10 minutes the entire game. Meanwhile, we saw Chris Murray getting 27 minutes, Connor McCaffrey getting 21 minutes, Euless, those guys getting some playing time. We didn't see Peyton Sanford, which I thought was interesting as well. So I really like how, and especially after struggling in that last game quite a bit against Michigan, I really like how Fran McCaffrey has not been afraid later on in the season, right? It seems like just since he made that switch for Jordan Bohannon to go to the one, Fran McCaffrey has not been afraid to utilize his bench and say, you know what, we have other guys who can get things done if we need to. We have other guys here that can pick us up if we need to. Now, after Chris Murray's fantastic performance in this game, I mean, it was basically the Keegan and Chris show down the stretch. A lot of people are online saying Chris should be the five. Philip Bracha should not. Here's what I'll say. I would like to see Chris and Keegan play more together. I would like to see Chris and Keegan play that four and five together. I don't necessarily need to see Chris Murray as, as the starting five, though, or Keegan Murray as the starting five and Chris the starting four. I would like to see Chris get 20 to 25 minutes a game, though. I think Phil Bracha brings some things that you're not going to get from a Chris Murray. I think Phil Bracha does a little bit better job down low. He has some nice post moves. We need a guy who can bang down low and who's willing to get dirty with it and get some balls. Now, Phil Bracha could also come off the bench and do the same thing, but I think it really is matchup dependent, okay? Very situationally based. Again, I'm not opposed to Keegan and Chris starting. I just think Robracha is fine at the five as a starter, and they need to do a better job of getting Chris more minutes consistently, right? We talked about this before, only getting a couple minutes in some of the bigger Big Ten matchups. Chris needs to get 20 to 25 minutes in the game. But if Phil Robracha is playing well, we've seen him play pretty well towards the end of January, early parts of February. When he's not in foul trouble, he does a pretty good job down there as well. So um, that's kind of my thoughts on that. I'm okay either way, but I understand people wanting to see Chris. I think Phil Baracha does bring quite a bit, doing a better job on the boards, doing a better job of attacking down low with his back to the basket, um, really starting to come into his own in this offense. And as long as both those guys are getting 20 to 25 minutes, I'm perfectly happy with that. So what's next with the Iowa Hawkeye squad? Well, they moved to 18 and 8. They're 8 and 7 in conference play. They're almost assuredly going to finish the conference with at least 20 wins. You would hope, right? They play Nebraska. They play Northwestern. They should beat Michigan State. They have road games against Michigan and Illinois, but they're going to be motivated against Michigan. You better believe they're going to be hungry and ready to get a W. Iowa also jumps up to 16th in Ken Palm, 5th in adjusted O, 101st in adjusted D, the last I checked, which was late last night. And Iowa finally has a quality win, a quadrant one win, a signature win on their schedule. They have two more at this time, Q1 opportunities from here on out, Illinois and Michigan. It would be great to get that right. The more Q1 wins, the more, the more Q1 wins you get, the more wins you can get in general is going to only bolster your resume, get you in a better spot in the NCAA tournament. This also, I think, solidifies Iowa tournament run unless the team completely bottoms out, unless they just absolutely collapse. And I don't see that happening when you have a Keegan Murray on your team. I don't see that happening when you have a Jordan Bohannon on your team. This team 
has shown me they are at least good enough to beat the bad teams. And I know you're going to say, what about Penn State, Andrew? What about Rutgers? Rutgers is a darn good basketball team, and they were a quality tournament team last year as well. They struggled early on with some injuries, but they are a quality team. Penn State, they are just so up and down. They have some transfers. They're doing a good job in certain places. At home against Penn State has been easy. But other than that, Iowa's been pretty good, and I wouldn't even consider a Penn State loss on the road a, a bad loss. So Iowa's done a good job. Their tournament run is almost all but solidified at this point, uh, so I'm really excited about that. And I have a special guest for you, Matt Sheehan of the Locked On Spartans. He's going to be joining us on Tuesday's episode to break down what to expect in tomorrow night's game. So lots of fun on that show. Coming up, this baseball team could be going to the College World Series, and the women's basketball team is starting to hit their groove. I'll tell you why on both those fronts here in a few short moments. But first, is it that time of year where you're pretty much giving up on your New Year's resolutions? And is it because it's tough to eat right? A lot of resolutions are based around health, fitness, and eating healthy. Thanks to Built Bar, you can do that, and it doesn't have to feel like a chore. It does not have to feel like you have to slog down this nasty protein bar anymore because you have a built bar and a built bar is a candy bar that is a protein bar it tastes like a candy bar but is a protein bar excuse me on that sorry it is a candy bar that is a protein bar a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar built bars are there for you to keep you going through your new year's resolutions and keep you eating healthy and you won't even notice that you're eating something healthy because it's that freaking good for you whether it's a traditional built bar or the built puffs which are protein infused marshmallowy goodness and the bar you're going to absolutely love your experience eating any of the Built Bar products. And most of these Built Bars are covered in, or all these Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and all of them come between 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, 4 to 5 net carbs, plus 17 grams of protein. It's exactly what you need to keep your New Year's resolutions going. So grab yourself a Built Bar today at Built.com, that's B-U-I-L-T.com, and use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use that promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, y'all, we talked a lot about this men's basketball team. It was a very exciting day on Saturday. If you're watching the YouTube show, you're getting this a little bit early. I'm dropping this on Sunday. If you're listening to the podcast two days ago on Saturday, big win for the Iowa Hawkeyes men's basketball team. It's also important to call out the women's basketball team had an equally, if not a significantly bigger win for them. They have not had a win over a ranked opponent yet this season. They go on the road to a number five ranked Indiana squad, and they take care of business. Now, there are some things to not like about that matchup, right? There's things to not like about that game or the performance by Iowa. But for the most part, you've got to be pretty happy about that, right? Caitlin Clark not shooting as well as she normally does, 7-17 seven for 18 points. But she, of course, figures out a way to get the rest of the team involved and ultimately get the W with 12 assists and 4 rebounds. McKenna Warnock's revival cannot be understated as well. Iowa has struggled the last couple of weeks, especially rebounding the basketball. McKenna Warnock comes back, has a phenomenal game, and it goes to show you how important she is to this Iowa offense. Six for eight, 21 points, six rebounds, five assists, gives Iowa another dimension. As long as Iowa stays healthy, this is the team hitting their stride at the right time, getting healthy. They have a huge game against Indiana tonight, actually. So they got to turn around and, and get this thing figured out again. Indiana is going to be hungry. They have some confidence, right? Iowa was dominating Indiana by over 20 points. In the fourth quarter, though, Indiana scores 42 points compared to Iowa's 25. They only lose 96 to 91, giving Iowa fans a little bit of a scare there. That gives Indiana, all right, some confidence, even going on the road to Carver. 
So if you are available, if you are able to make it, I highly recommend you go check out Carver Hawkeye Arena tonight. It is going to be a great opportunity to root on this women's basketball team. And if they get a W here, this women's basketball team moves up into fourth place in the Big Ten and puts themselves in position, as long as a few things happen, they could still win the Big Ten regular season title. Still, despite some of the issues they had, right, despite losing to Maryland, there are opportunities, there are chances for them to do this, and it starts with beating Indiana again tonight. In Saturday's game, though, Iowa shot 52% from three, a good three-point shooting game for them. Indiana only shot 29%. Iowa still has a lot of things to clean up. Again, they need to finish games out better. You cannot give up 42 points, right? You cannot blow a 22-point lead in the fourth quarter to make it five points and almost lose that game. You just can't do it. You need to stop turning the ball over. We saw this against Maryland as well. Iowa had 18 turnovers in this game compared to Indiana's eight. You can't do that. But the one nice thing, Iowa out-rebounded Indiana 41-27. to Again, McKenna Warnock's arrival cannot be overstated, right? She has done a phenomenal job this season, and her being out really hurt this Hawkeye team. It really focused a lot of the bigs on Monica Shinano, and she has struggled a little bit in McKenna Warnock's absence. But in this game, Monica had a great game as well, 9 of 13 for 22 points, 6 rebounds, and 2 assists. Kate Martin also putting in 13 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, a really big collaborative team effort by Lisa Bluter's squad, and I'm really excited for tonight's game against Indiana. I'll try to give you a, a Locked On now after the game, depending on the results. Uh, obviously, I'm going to be doing the crossover episode with Matt Sheen of Locked On Spartans as well, so I apologize there. That's going to be pre-recorded on Sunday, so we're not going to have the results of the Indiana game yet, but I'll make sure to be covering that at some point on some forum for you by, by Wednesday morning at the absolute latest. Iowa moves to 16-7, and seven, again, putting themselves in an opportunity to get a double bye and possibly win a Big Ten regular season title. Now, I can't finish off the day, and actually there's two other things I want to talk about. Iowa football, real quick, before we get to Iowa baseball, lands another recruit, a surprise recruit, and in-state Alice Moda, the 448th-ranked player in the nation, the fourth-ranked player in the state of Iowa. Iowa's recruiting class has moved up to 16th in the nation after landing both Alice and Chase Brackney earlier this week. Uh, more to come on this and what it means for the recruiting class and why this recruiting class could actually supersede the great class of 2020. We're going to be talking about that on more than likely Wednesday show, so stay tuned for that. Turning our attention to baseball, though, loved what I saw on the diamond this week. Iowa starting 3-0 against quality teams. Right, I know these are not Power 5, but mid-major teams with quality baseball teams. First game defeating Air Force 12-2 on a one-hitter. Okay, Iowa. Turned out 15 hits. Peyton Williams leading the way with four hits and three RBIs. Michael Seegers, three hits. Friend of the show, Kyle Hustorf, former uh, JUCO transfer, had a hit and an RBI as well. And pitching-wise, Adam Mazur put together a phenomenal performance. Six innings pitched, one hit, one earned run, nine strikeouts. Cam Bauman went into the game, had two innings to score this ball as well with five strikeouts. The following day, we get Brody Brecht, right? The Phenom out of Ankeny, who is not only a phenomenal football player, but an even better pitcher, a high-level MLB prospect, pitches four innings of shutout baseball, seven strikeouts, three walks. He combined with Connor Schultz to put together a really impressive performance as well, a two-hitter of Ball State. Connor Schultz, four innings pitched, two hits, one earned run, nine strikeouts, 20 strikeouts on the day against Ball State for this Iowa Hawkeye team. And Iowa on the offensive side, putting in 13 hits. All right, so in back-to-back days, Iowa put together 28 hits and only allowed three. 
Keaton Anthony, right fielder, had four hits and five RBIs. Infielder Braden Frazier, three hits and two RBIs. And again, Kyle Hufstorf, one hit, two RBIs, making his name known early on in the season. Now, if you're listening to the YouTube show, this morning, Iowa did a great job of beating Bucknell as well, three to nothing. If you're listening to the podcast yesterday morning, um, Iowa beat Bucknell, though, on Sunday morning, three to nothing. And we got to see freshman Marcus Morgan, another high-profile MLB target out of Iowa City, three innings pitched, six strikeouts, four walks, one hit allowed. The overall game, Iowa allowed only three hits and had 12 strikeouts, and eight hits for the Iowa Hawkeyes on the offensive side as well. So overall, if you're keeping track at this point, Iowa allowed just six hits. Just six freaking hits the entire weekend. Meanwhile, they had 36 hits. So 36 to six in terms of hits, that's going to get a lot of things done for you. And you're starting to see how deep this Iowa pitching rotation is. And that is a big reason why this Iowa team could be dangerous come NCAA tournament time. This is a big reason why Iowa could make a run, especially in the format of the College World Series and how you play two to three game series, that Iowa can make a run and go to Omaha this summer. Should be a lot of fun, though. Iowa getting back into action next week down at Corpus Christi. We'll keep you in the loop on that and what happens in that uh, tournament as well. More on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Appreciate you all tuning in to today's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. If you are a NFL draft lover, or if you want to hear about prospects from Iowa Hawkeyes like Tyler Linderbaum, Dane Belton, Tyler Goodson, you absolutely must make your second listen of the day, the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, hosted by Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker. They bring you the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free. It's available wherever you get the Locked On Hawkeyes Podcast. So look at that. Stay tuned to that. They do a great job of covering, especially the draft happening. In just a little over two months, several Iowa Hawkeyes are going to be drafted. You're going to want to get all the information you can there. I'll be covering some of it here. They'll have you more covered there, though, as well as we get closer to draft season. Again, thank you all for tuning in to today's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Have a fantastic Sunday if you're watching the YouTube. Have a fantastic Monday if you're listening to the podcast. And as always, Hawkeye Nation, let's go Hawks.